You are now tuned into the Wake the Flock Up Network. Yo, this is Tech Nine on Wake the Flock Up. Uh, so hurry up and do it. Wake the flock up. Tech nine, baby. Wake the flock up, immortal technique. You know what it is, baby. Bang, bang. Yo, this is this is D Spawn. I'm chilling with my man Concept. And this is Wake the Flock Up. Yo, what's the deal? It's yours truly the magnificent DJ Jazzy Jeff checking out Wake the Flock Up. You're the reason why I do what I do. And I started to listen a long time ago with all the artists I've ever wanted to interview. I know your list. I follow you. Okay, okay. I read all your tweets. I appreciate yes, you doing you that. You said this was your mission. It was my to mission. Come here. Absolutely. And if you didn't get this interview. My wife won't let me go home, Sway. She okay. got to give me 10 minutes of and, your time. And on if the it wasn't bro. for your wife. Yes. Because I know she's a beautiful woman. Yes, she is. Who keeps that house. Concept 714. You know how many years I've said that now? I've said that for six years now. Six years. That exact sentence. For six years. Coming up, this uh, October will be six years that I've been doing the podcast. And it's been cool. Like, I enjoy it. It's fun. But it, it also opened up a lot of doors to things that I never thought that I would get to do or get to see. You know? Uh, and it's just fascinating how one thing can take you to another without you realizing that it's doing that, mm-hmm. right? The way like, like as an, when I started becoming an adult, it became clear like <clears throat> if life has your path, like if you're, once you start to recognize what you're kind of here for, like life facilitates things to happen for you. Right. I'm, a, I'm a sole believer in that. I don't know how you feel about that. But yeah, no, like, I definitely. If once you find what you're- Once so- you figure it out. But if you don't know, then I think- you might kind of wander around a little bit. But then the thing is, you do you really know? Like, do you ever really know? Like, yes, this is it. I'm sure, I'm sure there comes a time where it becomes like, well, what else will I do? Like, what else could I do? Right. This is what I've done, you know? I think for some people, it goes in that direction. And in the other direction, some people never search for what it is that they're supposed to I be. I think that's most people. Yeah. I don't think you know to search, right? I don't know. I mean, I, I think, you know... It, here in America, especially, I think that people are like we're pretty privileged as a nation, right? Because we haven't seen civil war. We haven't had to flee, at least in our lifetimes. And so what I notice is that parents here kind of say to their kids, just do what makes you happy. Mm. You know, whereas in other cultures, they don't say that because they can't really, you know, they don't have the luxury of just do what makes you happy. Mm. They have to do what's practical for the family yeah. or for what's going to, you know, surviving. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I think here 
people are told from a young age, do what makes you happy. And so it kind of makes a person think, well, what makes me happy? Mm. And then they have to search for that. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe everybody thinks about it. I don't know if they actually end up pursuing it because a lot of times what makes you happy is a lot of hard work to get to that goal. And a lot of people are unwilling to do that work. Do you think words like <clears throat> goal, happy, I think those are American words. I don't think any other <laughs> any other people in the world really look for like the pursuit of happiness. Like that's not their goal because sometimes it's just physically like, oh, I need to find what to eat. So like being happy is not like priority number right, one. Right. How can I, that's immediate like that, right? And then there's also where it's like, no, you know, like something like Russia. Do you do you even get that? Is that even a thing? Like pursuing what you're happy in Russia, what makes you happy? I don't know if Russia. Well, I think the Russians are. <laughs> don't believe all the propaganda. I think that the Russians are finding. Yeah, I think that they're going around looking for happiness. But I think um, it's an it's such an American thing to be like, I'm going to go do. Well, it's certainly a privileged thing. You know, it's like if you're living in a lifestyle where you don't have to worry about how to get your food and, um, you know, how you're. Uh, whether or not there's going to be a war and you have to flee or something like that yeah. and you have to become a, you know, a, a migrant or a refugee yeah. or, um, yeah, I mean, I think if you're, so yeah, I, I think Americans are privileged to the point, and Western, I think all of the Western world is privileged to the point where they can actually think of, you know, what am I, what's happiness and pursuing like right. love mm -hmm. and, you know, where so many parts of the world still people are in arranged marriages. You know, yeah. their families have to arrange their situations. They don't get to fall in love. You know, mm -hmm. my mom didn't get to do that. Right. Because she was a refugee that fled war. Mm -hmm. So when she came over here to America, it was about survival. So her mom said to her, it, you're not going to look for love. You're going to look for practical. You need a white guy that's going to support you because I can't. So go get married. And it wasn't about the pursuit of happiness or the pursuit of love. It was the pursuit of survival. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's a it, it's definitely a privileged Western thing, you know, anywhere that's, <clears throat> but, that's but privileged. I, I think we need to say this because uh, and uh, what, let's let's say this now before we continue the rest of the conversation, because I want to talk about politics. Right. Yeah. But what I'm saying is we have to stop and really, truly realize that we're living at, in the best time in the base best possible place in that time to live you think so yeah 100 percent. do you think don't you think that this is the absolute best that it's ever been for human beings oh yeah in the best absolute place that could, you could possibly uh, live in i don't know about that you don't think so no i don't know about that in the where, where you could live you think there's a better place for oh yeah for yeah. to live in yeah okay i think oh. the united states is great mm -hmm. i don't think it's the best for okay in reference to what well, quality of life. You know, I just got back from Europe and I was there for... You were in Italy. Yeah, for several months. Okay, kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, there are just aspects to Europe that I think are way better. And especially the Italians, like the, they know how to live. Those people know how to live mm. and they do it really well. I mean, they, they do know the value of life. They um, just, you know, what's so interesting about the Italian mentality, for example, is that they stay in their towns. They don't really, you know, it's kind of an American idea to oh, spread I'm, out. And, right. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to I'm going to uh, fly, fly the coop, right. Or fly the nest or yeah. whatever it is. Right. Fly the coop, yeah. yeah. I'm going to get out of here. Yeah. I'm going to make something of myself. And that's something that's very American. Whereas in Italy, they're like, no, I want to stay close to home because mm. this is where my family is. My mama, my grandma, right. my they, whatever is here. Their childhood friends. Yeah. They value their hometown. Yeah. They value their families. 
they value their, the little home they grew up in. They don't have the desire, unlike America, they don't have the desire to upgrade their homes. Like here, it's like you get your starter home and then you got to go and get a bigger home mm-hmm. and then you got to get a bigger home, right? Mm-hmm. And over there, they just have their childhood home that they grew up in. And it's like the, the childhood home that their grandmother grew up in. And they're totally fine living in that. And they have no desire to upgrade to a bigger, better space. Hmm. They just maybe remodel the one they've got. Mm-hmm. And they're all living in tiny little places. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, the Italians care about their cars and their clothes. Mm-hmm. But as far as, you know, they want to stay at home near, they just, I, I feel like they understand what real value is. Same thing with Denmark. We, um, I spent some time in Denmark. I flew in and out of Denmark and was there for a week each time and then went to Italy for the months on end. But, um, you know, the Danish are the same way where they just don't have the same materialistic um they just they don't value the materialism that the united states does and this is pretty much all throughout europe they just don't have that same i need a bigger better house i need a bigger better car i need a bigger better uh, i need to show off like they don't have that keeping up with the joneses mentality and there's something really freeing about that Hmm. it's it's it all happened really after like world war ii right where like America yeah. and the world decided which way are we going to go as a country, and America made its choice in Italy. But the, the reason that I feel the European countries have such a different lifestyle and outlook in life is because they were attacked. Their buildings right, were yeah. uh, bomb. They, they were decimated. Yeah, like London, yeah. London, the city, the pro- it was complete. I mean, like so carpet bombings and I mean, like they, they felt it at home. Here in America, we didn't feel that. We didn't get to. Uh, sympathize for our fellow neighbors like they do so that's why we don't have universal health care right, right right they understood oh my god like it was an issue like how of course we're gonna help everybody out like right now it's time to come together and america didn't get to experience that only even, after 9-11 a little even even yeah but even then it was two towers right right it wasn't the entire nation it, 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 yeah. no it wasn't a commu- it was a communal hey what the hell we're the u.s how dare you do that i think that was the major feeling was like we're the U.S. Fuck you. How dare you right. attack us? I don't think it was like, oh, my God, look at these 2,000 people that died. It was just like on our turf. You're going to bring it on our turf? Yeah. And our response was one of like, okay, well, then we'll just randomly start <laughs> doing what we do. Oh, yeah. But, yes, so uh, the European countries have a different outlook on life. In, and I prefer it. You so that's why I that's, don't think yeah. the United States. I think this is a great, a great time to, to live. Um, I, you know, I think, but I think that's going to be true for the people that are alive a hundred years from now when we're dead. <laughs> I think for them, of, hopefully, of, of be in America, just in the world. I feel like the world is always progressing. I feel like we are making progress. You think so? Yes, as much as people think we're not. Sometimes I, I do think the world is making progress. There's places or countries or you know governments that fight that progress tooth and nail. Yeah, yeah, there are. Okay, yeah. and that is still the case. Like. But people want to pretend like America's a super wise country. We've been around like 300 years. Like we, it, compared to like China or whatever, like we're nothing. Right, we're babies. We're babies. And to say that we figured out the right way to no, that we government. No, we not. Because, <laughs> come on, like, you know, like the, 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 the forefathers had no, they could not foresee. There was no way that they could possibly try to. Yeah. And the republic that they try to build, right, mm-hmm. is not the demo, dem- democracy that is that this is now. Like the Republican democracy are different things. And I think once it turned into a democracy, it was it was just like, okay, it can only go that way. 
because that's where the way democracies go. Right. It goes really dope. Everyone's having a really good time. And then eventually it's just, poof, yeah, it all goes down because there's too many people deciding too many things. When a republic, it's like these are stated laws. So therefore, if you follow these laws, you will have the perpetuity of a, you know. Right, right. But when we made that switch over because of capitalism, oh, hey, I want to make money. So I want to be able to keep that money and I don't want to share with anyone. Like when that became the American way. Yeah. Uh, we Oh, social you know, security or, 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 or health care to my fellow human being. Oh, I don't know about that, right. but I better get it. It's a, it's a weird place to live. But I also think it's the best place because... You have your own studio in your own house and you're able to spew and say whatever it is. You could be Alex Jones or you could be Kim Iverson, right? You could be... And Sometimes people think that's one and the same, I'll tell you. Right, but you have the right. The, 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 the law... Uh, 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 the law stricken, the law protected right to say what you want, when you want, however you want to say it. Well, that's awesome. Well, to a degree, yeah. yeah. I, I mean... Without threats and... Well, minus capitalism and the control of the capitalistic... Um, you know, the control of the social, you know, social media. I get shadow banned all the time with the content that I talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't really ban me or deplatform me yet. Yeah. But they do other things that de- that um, they do other things, you know, which they, is a like, problem in itself. When Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, they start to. And then this is the thing. It's not based on like laws. Right. It's on well, yet. their political preference yeah. that they're going to silence you. Like, how is that okay? Like, how is that even permissible? Yeah, you know, what's really crazy is, that, you know, because I'm on YouTube, so Google is controlling YouTube. And Nancy Pelosi is their representative. And anytime I talk bad about Nancy Pelosi, they shadow ban that content. It's the strangest thing. It's only videos about her. They demonetize them and they shadow ban them. So, which means they don't um, allow them to be seen. So, like, if you subscribe to my channel, it wouldn't pop up as a recommended video from you my channel. To, like, go digging dip. Yeah, deeper you'd have it? to go to my channel to find it. It wouldn't show up in your yeah. subscription feed. Yeah, and, and that's like the complex YouTube version of it because Facebook does it simple. They just you'll be like basically like your friends won't see it or like it just won't show up. Right. And yeah. it's certain words. And again, it's not because you're 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 sprouting out hate speech or it's like no, hey yeah. Trump is like you should, whatever it is you're giving your opinion. Okay, because it has these words on it, we don't yeah. allow it on our platform. Right. That's how they are with Nancy Pelosi. I'm yeah. like Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> like of all things, you could shadow ban Nancy yeah. Pelosi, but it's yeah. because she's their rep and they're yeah. protecting her. Yeah, but it, it it is it is a it is a, a land. I think that still has a lot of magic in it, like the U.S. Yeah. Especially the, this this new generation of like like me, like just like freelance social media journalism. Yeah. Where, you know where you can. The, the, the one of the most fascinating things that I think people need to stop and realize is wh- the way Joe Rogan has grown Gosh, to be a that guy is like the male Oprah to be an entity yeah. in this new media form mm-hmm. of like I don't work for MSNBC or Fox Anybody. and he really doesn't have he'll he's very he's I mean, he has his own politics but it's still a place where it's accessible and it's just like really some dude. Right. <laughs> right. And that's awesome that it's just some dude getting more views than the CNNs and the NBC. That means people are looking for information in certain ways. Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. And he's 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 quietly a genius at bringing people, which is that because he plays the very much like, oh, man, I'm just a dude asking questions. Right. right. He's very I'm curious. Just well, he's very, very intelligent. And he's obvious, very cur- I'm a huge obviously. fan of Joe Rogan. Right. I have a giant crush on him. 
Oh, do you really? (laughs) Have you ever met Joe Rogan? No. No. No, no. But I'm hoping that I'll eventually be on his show, which actually is a pretty good uh, possibility. That's awesome. It's actually like in the trajectory of, because the people that are in my space on YouTube have all been on his show. So it's just kind of a matter of time. I just have to get enough subscribers for him to pay attention. Oh, it's a daily show, right? Yeah. So the content Mm -hmm. he's in, he needs people. Yeah, and right. I'm the type and of person right he talks there. to. You're right, right yeah. There, yeah. Yeah, he talks to people just like me yeah. doing exactly what I'm doing. So, I'm so tell me, what, did, what is it that you do, Kim? Uh, well, I, I do a political talk show right on YouTube. So I launched the show exactly three months ago today. Congratulations. Thank you. It's my three-month anniversary. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> for, this, for this iteration. Okay. Um, and it's basically a... It's What's the a, name of the show? It's just Kim Iverson Show. Kim Iverson Yeah, Show. so it's KimIversonShow.com on YouTube or something okay. like that. So, mm-hmm. um, And I just talk politics. I am a progress. I, I label myself a progressive, I guess. Um, mm. But that term has been co-opted quite a bit, so that's difficult for people to really understand. Um, I'm not a traditional Democrat. Lib- I'm not a Democrat at all, actually. I've never been a registered Democrat. Um, I, I'm an independent so I'm, but I am on the left, I would say, of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. But I do have a lot of right wingers who like my show quite a bit. Yeah. Um, they uh, they cite that they they're like, wow, a rational liberal. I didn't think that there were you people the, like you anymore. <laughs> it, it, it is the uh, the uh, you're you're trying too hard, so people get dis discouraged or just it comes out disingenuous when you when you yeah. the, some liberals. I feel it's just you can't possibly believe that. Like a lot of times yeah. I look at the there's no way you believe that. Right. You heard someone say that and it fits you your, but there's no way yeah. that that could, that you reached that conclusion. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, you know, I'm really, I'm, I just look for the truth. That's what I try to do. I look for truth. I look for facts. Um, I, I do, I, I am economically progressive. I would say, I mm-hmm. would say I'm a social libertarian, social libertarian. Yeah. Okay. I'm more of a social libertarian, but I'm an economic progressive. So I'm big on like Medicare for all universal education, getting the corruption and money out of government, ending the interventionist wars, mm-hmm. um, stuff that's like that. But then socially, I definitely don't get, I if any, I push back quite a bit, actually, on a lot of the narratives that are being put out there with the identity politics and a yeah. lot of the constant racism talk and constant, um, you know, it's like misogyny and sexism and racism and bigotry. And it's like, I just don't quite I don't I don't get in, in into that as much. Mm-hmm. I just think it's it's distraction and it's not nearly as prevalent as they try to make it seem. And at the end of the day, there's a reason why they're putting that narrative out there. And it's to distract us from the reality of it, which is that the people with all the money are controlling everything. Yeah. And the way that they're going to they're going to um, get you to not pay attention to the fact that they're that they bought our entire government out is by getting us to scream at each other about, well, you're the reason I'm being held back because you don't like me because of the color of my skin or you don't like me because of my gender. Or you don't like me because of where I come from. And they get us to scream about these narratives, and I don't really buy into all that as much. So I'm a social libertarian. I feel like stay out of my way. I'll stay out of your way. Let's not make any laws that get into each other's way. But beyond that, it's I. Yeah, I think we've. Yeah. 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 The the thing with. So you have the the Democrats and the Republicans, and then. The thing about the two-party system is that it it sucks. Right. Can we just? <laughs> it very much sucks. This yeah. very specific yeah. 
specific two-party system. It's just, right, which we haven't always had in our government That's what history. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. if you start to really dig into it, like the fact that it's kind of a... Uh, it's become the way that it is now? Yeah, and it doesn't have to be. You know, when Lincoln was elected president, there were four parties, and he did not get the popular vote. You know that he only won because of the electoral college. He said that. He said, like, if, if you people saw me, like, they wouldn't vote for me. Well, and, and people didn't. I mean, he didn't get the popular vote. He <laughs> right. won because of the electoral college. Now right. you've got all these liberals calling for the abolishment of the electoral college, and mm -hmm. it's like, you realize this is how Lincoln won. Yeah, I yeah. mean, no, you don't. What you know is that the recent history of George Bush and uh, and Trump winning because of the electoral college, but you don't dig back for, far enough into history to realize that that there was a time when we didn't have a two-party system mm -hmm. and the only way to win was through the electoral college because no one got the popular vote yeah there was just too many too many candidates there was four yeah <laughs> four four evenly split candidates that's another thing so so being and so i like to pride myself in, in involvement in hip-hop because they can't stop me from being involved so yeah i, I like it so like uh, out there and it, it, i like being so hip-hop doesn't talk about politics it doesn't talk about religion it doesn't talk about social economics sometimes though kind of in the in the lyrics there, right? there'll be so because first of all it's difficult to be like yo balance your checkbook make sure you go it's, <laughs> i get that i get that right. even though there's acts dead presidents and more techniques who like specifically focus on that mm -hmm. but but those are that's a rare thing so the the, the regular the the image on tv of a hip-hop person is he's high he's drunk there's a bunch of girls there's a bunch that's the rep and it's also pushed so i'm not gonna lie it's yeah. not like the media has to look very far for it you know hip-hop gives out that out vibe. Right. but i i think you need to mature so if hip hop wants to take itself seriously as a culture, yeah, right, as, a, as like a, as, a, as an established culture and a music kind of, then you really have to start looking at what it is you, you're talking about and what you're avoiding on purpose. Mm -hmm. So hip hop on purpose avoids politics. You don't ever hear the game say he's a Democrat or Puffy say he's a Republican. Like it's a thing that's taboo in yeah. hip hop because you don't want to offend the purchaser. Right, right, right. Because it's still all about downloads and stuff. So if Eminem mm. comes out and he says, hey, I'm a Republican. Okay, well, then all the Democrats aren't going to download the next single. Right. Well, that's kind of been a problem in, in, in entertainment in general, yeah. right? Except but Hollywood, Hollywood is, yeah, Hollywood's liberal. Is li but are they liberal? You know, I am really suspicious of the entire Hollywood thing. Because they're still rich white people. They right? are. And I, I really believe that they're doing it for the fame. I believe a lot of them are just like, oh, here's a way to get recognized and to be in the tabloids and to be in front and center. It's to take a stand on something. The late night so shows is do. a perfect sample of that. Yeah. It, all, all of them happen to feel that way politically. Are we really that yeah, every right. single late night show or who watches late night shows? Yeah. You know, that's really where, where it is, right? Well, and I think what's interesting is that who watches late night shows were actually like the middle of America, mostly mm. who were more conservative. Mm -hmm. I just think that they've been totally alienated. And, um, yeah, you know, it's really interesting how, I, I mean, here at the end of the day, like Fox News, for example, is still the number one news network by a long shot. Is that so? Yes. They actually have more viewers than CNN and MSNBC combined. Is that real? Yeah. Is that a true? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Fox News is number one by a long shot. So, you know, these people are in the middle of America watching So they this exist. They, these people are, are around. These people feel. They're half the country. Literally wow. half yeah. the country. All the flyover states, right? Yeah, all the flyover states. <laughs> well, okay. So the thing that was telling about where I'm from. You're yeah. from Idaho. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> from Idaho. <laughs> Young Kim, growing up, are our, are our views any different than they are now? 
No, I've, you know, um, so what's interesting about me is I grew up in Idaho, but I'm half Asian, right? So I'm half white, half Asian, half Vietnamese. Um, my white farming family that I grew up with in Idaho are Democrats, like total blue collar Democrats. Okay. And my mom's side of the family, who then migrated down here to L.A., yeah. so they're living in Los Angeles. They're refugees, you know, immigrants, people of color, Vietnamese, yeah. total Trump-supporting Republicans. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Crazy, right? Okay. The difference is my mom's side of the family, they're all business owners, and my dad's side of the family were all blue-collar workers. Mm. My dad mm. was the only one to go to college. Yeah. You know, in his generation. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, you know, so growing up in Idaho, I, I was raised by my dad and his side of the family. My mom was down here. My mom took off when I was only about three years old, and she moved down to L.A. So I was with my dad, and I saw my mom maybe once or twice a year, not for very long. I, she wasn't really much a part of my life. But, um, yeah, so I grew up with the blue-collar Democrats who were always Democrats and um, in a very red state. And... Um, yeah, so I wouldn't say when I was 14, I did join the Mormon church. So that was like, <laughs> whoa, I had no idea. Yeah, well, I grew up Buddhist and Catholic. So my mom's side of the family is Buddhist. My dad's side's Catholic. And you practice uh, Mormonism or Buddhist and, and Catholicism? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was young. Right. Yeah. My, my grandparents were very Catholic. They moved right behind the church. There's so there's so many. Th th I found the Catholic faith to be such a fascinating thing to convince yourself of yeah that is it's just like it really is like wow like yeah. that is dude <laughs> especially when you go to like italy oh where where it's, it's like real catholics yeah, I right mean, rome you know the vatican yeah. is right there yeah and um that's when you realize how corrupted churches are when you go to italy and you see the the wealth of the catholic church and their cathedrals and uh i mean just their it's like of course this was ruling society. Yeah. Of course they were trying to maintain power. Yeah. And they were using God as the weapon. Right. To maintain control over people. So, But it, it it's, it's embedded in human beings though, right? Like like religion and re the, okay, maybe not religion, but the search for something. For a higher power. The wanting to be, the wanting of something to be true is so strong with some people. Yeah. That they, they allow themselves to to be convinced of certain things that are just amazing. They're just astonishing. Well, I think it's like desperation. You know, when you're desperate and you feel like your life, you know, you, you're 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 challenged in life. You're feeling um, hardships, and so what do you do? You know, you you look for something to alleviate that hardship. You know, you're not going to make more money. You know that you're not going to, you know, get over your illness necessarily right away right. or something like this, right? That your kid is sick and you're not getting paid much or whatever that might be. And so in order to alleviate your hardship, you look for a higher power that's going to give you the riches eventually. So people are still seeking riches, but in religion, it's heaven, you know, or it's, um, you know, if you're, if you know, a follower of whatever the religion might be, right? There's a promise of wealth and kingdoms beyond once you die, then you get some kingdom. And that's what we're... So it's ultimately still a quest for wealth. It's it's, it's ultimately selfish. A selfish yeah, kind of yeah. idea. But look, and I'm all for... I'm a Christian. Mm -hmm. Okay, by faith. I'm a Christian. And, and But I want... I want to, I'm going to do some research and find the right type of Are Christian. Are you a Catholic? No. 
Christian. Like, really? Yeah. So uh, my grandmother was Catholic all her life. I was going to say, because you're, you know, you're being, you're Hispanic. So I'm Hispanic. Right, so my so grandmother's from Guadalajara, like a right. huge Catholic population. Right. But once she got older, she changed to Christian faith. Well, which I mean, is, that Catholics are Christian. But yes, but that you, they have, but you have very different ways of worship. Okay. When you're a Catholic than when you're a Christian, like a Protestant or something like that. Like you don't, there's no saints in the Christian. Got it. Right. right? right in in right. Catholicism, they still have saints. Yeah. And there's also baptism and all these, all these weird things that to me, that's why as a Christian, like I look at the Catholic that, that it's, it's supposed to be a Christ based religion. Yeah. But they have so many other figures that they pray to yeah. that it just, it doesn't, it, 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 the, it tells you, you should have no other gods but me, but they, they pray to saints. So like the, the the what I'm saying is religion has its place and I feel that if more people were religious religion has um it, it has a discipline to it. Yeah. That I think a lot of people can really benefit from. The discipline of a true like the discipline yeah. of a Jew like the, the Jews like like orthodox Jews that that is discipline yeah. to live like that. I and, used to live with two orthodox Jews when I was in yeah. when I was in college. Yeah. I got a room for rent with these two orthodox guys and I mean strict like i had my own refrigerator yeah and um i can't touch the food can't touch right i'm actually food. surprised they let me live with them because i was a woman <laughs> that's a good point <laughs> but you know on saturdays like for example they'd go around and they would tape all the lights yeah. because they couldn't flip the lights on or off well you know i'm gonna break it to you kim you know it's still two dudes and there's like a hot asian chick that wants to live with them they're not gonna be like oh no let's not let's not let's well not they couldn't it. come near me really like it was like this weird you know and they would actually kind of use me um to do things for them on Saturdays that uh, they That's why do. they had you. <laughs> yeah. They were like, can you turn on that light? <laughs> Wait, tomorrow's Sabbath. Do you have anywhere to go tomorrow? Yeah. And they could only take so many steps. So, so what I'm saying, there's yeah. a discipline to religion. And with discipline, I think, comes some kind of nobility. Mm -hmm. Right? That's why we, Neil deGrasse Tyson, we all understand that man has discipline. Yeah. Brian Cox, there's discipline behind these geniuses. They must have it, right? So you give them a level, there's a level of respect to people of that. Monks. Yeah, everyone respects God. a monk. Right. That level of discipline that, that you can gain from religion, but I also think it's a very dangerous thing to willy nilly just start kind of like waving around the gun god, right. the god gun, of like, hey, you're gay, pray it away, right? Like, like yeah. that kind of stuff. Like, it God Once doesn't it becomes, work like that. It yeah. doesn't work. You can't point it at a problem and expect that it doesn't. Right, right. Like this is gonna go away. I'm gonna pray this away. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but you know, I really, um, I, I'm really grateful for my time being Mormon when I was. So I, I joined the Mormon church when I was 14. So I was raised Buddhist and Catholic and practicing on both. I know people were always confused when I was growing up. How could that possibly be? But when you're from a mixed home with mixed, um, and my mom wasn't around, but I was around her mom, my grandmother and her and my mom's sisters quite a bit. So in retrospect, what is you think and respectfully, yeah, the weirdest thing about the Buddhist religion? Like Buddhism, um, was there a certain kind of like uh, okay ritual I would say, or like a thing that really now they're looking at it like whoa? What? No, I mean because they're still doing it. You know, my grandmother is really, really, really Buddhist, um, and so her home basically her whole house is a shrine. I would say maybe the 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 thing is like the the giving of fruit. So what you have to do is you donate fruit to the spirits. And you can't eat the fruit until the spirits have eaten the fruit, the spirit of the fruit. So this is a daily, a daily um, gift that is given to the spirits of your ancestors. How do you know once the spirit of the fruit's been eaten? When the incense has fully burnt out. 
any incense that you put? Yeah, so you you use this incense. So you, you put the fruit in a bowl in front of like the Buddha statues. Yeah. And then you take the incense, you light it, you kind of do uh, a little bit of a prayer with these. It's like a prayer type thing with the incense. Yeah. Then you stick the incense in like the incense holder. Wow. And when it's done burning, <laughs> then the fruit can be eaten. Is it encouraged to be eaten? Is it you're supposed to eat it? No. But you can at that point. Yeah. Then it's like, okay, it's fine to eat. It, is this to say, hey, I remember you? Or is it like to feed the spirits? You're right. To feed. It's like to feed your ancestors' spirits. Yeah. And that's like, so there's a shit ton of fruit in Asian homes. Yeah. Because <laughs> every day they're giving fruit to, you know, their ancestors. And so there's a lot of fruit. There's a lot of fruit that around. It is weird. That's, it's different. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a different. Yeah. I won't say weird. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's definitely an interesting kind of. I mean, it kind of is, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... it's. It just sounds like someone missed, like, their grandparents, like, really bad one day. And just said, yeah. hey, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave this out for Well, Asian it culture just into, like, is very much, like, honor your ancestors and, and honor your elders. And it's just kind of a, a part of that. The opposite of American culture, right? Yeah. You only live once. Honestly, You're it is. You're number one. Well, you succeed. Because... American America has willingly traded in any kind of shame for gain, right? Like, yeah, so like, there's no yeah. more shame. People don't have shame. If people had shame, still, they were ninety, like, eighty percent of crime would deteriorate, like, right. it, because they would be like, no, it's shameful to be a prisoner. It's shameful to, and now we live in an era like, don't you dare judge me. Yeah, except Asians. Oh, is that yeah, really? we're, yeah, we're still very much shamed. <laughs> <laughs> Self-shaming, huh? No, I mean, it's it's very real. Asian shame is very, very real. And um, yeah, like we get shamed on a regular basis in our families. It's, it's a discipline, right? It's a form of it, I guess. It's It definitely is why I think, um, and I've talked about this numerous times on my show, but why Asians have done, have excelled as you know like um in in schools right like most of the universities now are like filled pre predominantly with asians and yet asians are not the majority population in this country right right, right. but the universities are filled with Asians. very interesting yeah and very it's because of the shame um you know we're shamed to get good grades like if we don't get good grades we're shamed if we embarrass our families in any way we get shamed like i can't count how many times i've been slapped across the face because there's a sense of family Right. So if yeah. we compare it to, see, and this is the thing about Hispanics in the education system, that's not a priority. Yeah. That's the only, that's the reason. It's not that they're, they're not, they're any less uh, intelligent or. No, it's just where you put your time. Yeah. It's just in Hisp in yeah. Mexican and Hispanic culture, education's cool, but you got to work. Like work is the like brown. actual labor. Brown people love or are attracted or, or I don't know, are, they're hardworking because I think. That's all they have? Like, really? Like, the ultimate. But also, like, is it an enjoyment? I don't know if it's an enjoyment, but there is a. I, I understand them, them to have a sense of pride for being, for having three jobs. I have three jobs. Like, I work. <laughs> like, bro, I work. I work is such an important thing in the Hispanic community. Like, well, if you I don't have say, a like, job. You're the hardest worker I know. I mean, I, you know, I don't have <laughs> a lot you. of Hispanic friends, yeah. I guess, but yeah. um, now that I think about it. And, and, and uh, uh, it. Bear with me, but yeah. I, I broke it down. I broke it down the other day, or I, I've been developing this kind of, I don't know if it's a mythology in my head, but kind of like a, a figure out a way of the reason we are the way we are. And then tell me if you think I'm off anyway. Okay. Okay. So, um, uh, it can sound wrong, right? Because you can be, I'm going to go like, a, so blacks, black people, right? Yeah. African Americans, I don't know the correct term to use it. I, black, black, I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
they're, they're like, okay, so what, what's going on? Well, it's a family thing. Like, why is it 70% of single mothers are black? Or black, 70% of mothers in of black the, women, yeah. Are a black single, single right. mothers. Black 70%. Mothers, yeah. yeah, it's really high. That's insane. It's a problem. That's a crazy number. 70% of anything yeah. is, a, is, a, is way too much, right? Yes. Single mothers in that community. Okay. Yeah. So, but the, it, it, you, when do you see like a, an Asian uh, 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 kind of like a vagabond or like uh, <laughs> asking for money. You, yeah. know, like you, you, you don't. You know, and then what we you see. shame them away. <laughs> what you see is, is you see the white person asking for a dollar and yeah. then you see the Mexican selling flowers. Right. That's true. That is true. So what is happening? See what I'm saying? There's a, there's a thing people are attracted to living and perpetuating their own stereotypes. Yeah. And it's become such a way of life. That it, it, it just moves on from generation to generation. You know, I had an interesting conversation today with a with a guy who um, he's a black man and we always get into kind of racial discussions. And it, he's always very interesting for me to, to have conversations with. And one thing he mentioned about um, why he feels like blacks are held back, you know, in society and why there's the lack of progress or not as fast as other minority groups. Right. Is he was saying that he thinks it comes down to the generational knowledge that is passed down, right? So like he says he's now 39 years old and he just now learned about home equity and buying a home and getting a mortgage. Like he just now learned it. And he was like, you know, my mom didn't teach me this and her mom didn't teach her that. There was no passing down of this idea even of get a job and go buy a house. Like that was never said in his home. So his grandmother didn't have an education at all. His mom did become a nurse. But even though she got an education, became a nurse, she still never was like, and next step is we buy a house. Yeah. And then the next step is, you know, we try to get out of this neighborhood or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. So he was saying, like, there's a thing about generational knowledge that is passed down. And when I thought about that, I thought, you know, so like I basically have started my own business at this point and I put in a shit ton of time. I mean, I work nonstop. But where my generational knowledge is that I watched both of my parents start businesses of their own. And I watched how hard they had to work in order to get that done. And it wasn't easy. It didn't come easy. It was stressful. We had to eat at grandma and grandpa's house because we couldn't afford food. You know, and it was like that for years until their businesses finally broke. So you learn these things just by being around it or being uh, told, you know, or something, right? And then when you get older, you have a frame of reference. So you're like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to start my own business. So when I decided, okay, I'm going to launch the show and start my own business, I, I knew going into it what I was asking of myself mm -hmm. and how much time and effort, how long it would take to build, all of that. I had a frame of reference. But if you have no frame of reference and you start to try to do something, embark on something, then you might get discouraged really easily because you don't realize, you're thinking, oh, no, this must be impossible. I must be doing it wrong. It's not working. And you give up, right? When somebody like myself, I saw with my own eyes how hard it was. So I'm like, oh, don't give up. Now, you know, it's like, it's, it's, this is normal. But if you don't know it's normal, so that's kind of like generational right. knowledge in everything. So like Asian culture, for example, education is a generationally knowledge. Um, Asians have been taught to learn since the time of Confucius. It was very, um, thousands of years, Asians have been learning. It was, in, it was ingrained in the culture of study, 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 study. And 
that was passed down generation to generation that your your main goal in life as a kid like we weren't allowed to go outside to play we weren't allowed to you know I watched especially my cousins I was lucky to be raised by my white side of the family so I had a little bit more of a normal I feel like mm-hmm. well-rounded upbringing mm-hmm. but I watched my cousins who weren't allowed to go outside they never went to friends birthday parties they weren't allowed to go and do anything mm-hmm. except stay inside and study yeah and that was like your time as a child is not about having fun. Yeah. You have fun when you're an adult and you make money as an engineer. Right. That's when you get to finally have fun. Yeah. yeah. But you don't have fun as a kid. You work. Right? <laughs> you study. Yeah. And it was like, and then, you know, you never see like Asian kids going and get side jobs when they're 16. Right. Right. right? Like they don't go and get after school jobs. Yeah. No, because their parents are like, get your ass home and study. You're going to become an engineer. That's the focus. Yeah. That's, that's the. But, and I like to, I like to pride myself in being practical and sometimes it can sound like I'm not sympathetic, unsympathetic, because yeah. it, to me, it's just because, like, so you, you're like, the reason the, the the black people are being held down is because of the past knowledge. But to me, it's like, yo, that knowledge is not being hidden from you. You can attain at any time. You can go, you know that knowledge. Mm, they're, they're not hiding. They're not. What you, they're, they're, no, because how are you going to learn that? No, but like, where are you going to learn that? Like, where are you going to learn? Your, that's, that's stuff that's only taught to you in your home. But that's self-built. Well, I don't know. That, that's, that's, that's not a white guy keeping you from learning that. That's your mom and your dad and your right, grandpa. Yeah, they're but, keeping them. So it's, it's a. But how se- else would they know? So, how, but it's, so I wouldn't, maybe I'm focusing on the wrong part, but I wouldn't. They're not holding you down. They're not. The the they're, the black people are being held down. It's it bothers me because either black people are kings and queens and goddesses and and, and the black man is God or you have absolutely no power. It has to be right. one or the other. You right. can't keep. You can't be like the black man is God and the black man is and then be like oh but white people are keep holding us down. It doesn't work like that. At some point you have to start taking responsibility. No, I agree for with it. that. I agree. And I don't think that that particular group does enough of that. Example. And I'll bring it back to hip hop. Yeah. Nipsey Hussle just got shot and killed. Yeah. By another, a black man, gang member was shot by another a black gang member. And somehow they're trying to say it's white people's fault. So to me, hmm. that's a big thing or not. It was Are con- they really saying that? Yeah, it's a conspiracy. So now if you go in there, they'll see I like. I have been keeping up. And then in hip hop, it's going to be a different vibe than what you're involved in, right? Yeah. But, what I, but the, the word is that from the beginning, it was an Illuminati hit. Oh, shit. Because Nipsey Hussle. <laughs> and look, if it, the, the circumstances feed to it. You you seen the video? Have you seen the video? Never seen husband being shot. No, I don't like to watch that it's, stuff. It's 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 cold. Mm, it, I don't it's cold video. Like the group of gentlemen are standing by a car. A guy walks up. No more than three seconds. Start shooting. So he was there to to kill Nipsey. Yeah. Shoots two people. Nipsey turns around. You can see him say something to him on the floor. Guy comes back, shoots him again. Shit. Comes back a third time and tries to kick Nipsey in the head. Oh, no lie. And then uh. runs away. So this gentleman, that guy was there. He was there to kill Nipsey. It was obviously personal. You could see like he made sure he was dead. And then like they're trying to disrespect him afterwards. Like it seemed like a gang thing to God. me. right? Yeah. But somehow it's white people because it's their fault. And and this this whole thing of like they're, we're so held down by the white man that what's the point like they 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 send their kids out with this message of like you have a target on your back right right yeah so when you start off playing any game with the mentality of everyone is going to come after (laughs) me you're not going to that game is going to be super hard for you to succeed because in 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 reality um it's not perception it's not personal right it's not it's not personal it's not they don't dislike the cops 
don't dislike you because you're black. They dislike you because you're not listening. You're not paying attention. You're not listening to the demands. You're not listening to commands. And the minute you start doing that to any cop, you stop being black, right. white, purple. You're just a thing that's not following my authority. Right. And I'm going to take you down. You see it time and time again. A, a white cop will beat up a white dude just as fast. Yeah. Well, actually, in my conversation with yeah. that gentleman today, um, we got into that specifically because, you know, I grew up in Idaho, which is very, very white. And when I was in driver's ed, so this was like mid-90s to late 90s. I'm revealing my age. Oh. <laughs> um, but in the late mid yeah. to late 90s, uh -huh. we had a huge epidemic in Idaho of cops shooting unarmed drivers. So they would pull people over and then they would just shoot them dead. I mean, they would you know, think something was going on. And yeah. that's why they, you know, they always have an excuse as sure. to why they would shoot them. But they were shooting at, and you can look this data up. It was the highest rate of cops shooting in the nation at the time. It was an epidemic. It was in Idaho and it was white cops shooting white people. So when I was in driver's ed, this was like a hyper, um, people were very aware of this. So they taught us in driver's ed, like, okay, if you get pulled over, it's very, 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 very important. You never talk back to the cops. You keep both hands on the wheel. When he asks for your registration, if it's in the glove compartment, you say, officer, my registration and, and insurance is in the glove compartment. Can I reach my right hand over to open the glove compartment to get this out? I mean, they taught us this. And they were like, do not mess up because you'll get shot <laughs> if you don't follow these directions yeah. specifically. Yeah. Um, and so it was drilled into us, you know, white kids, you know, I'm half Asian, but everybody else was white. It was drilled into all of us. Like, this is how you have to behave because cops are dangerous. And, and what it's become is a mixed diagnosis of the problem. So right. then it's, the cops are, they're aggressive. It's a cultural thing. Yeah. It's, a, it's, cops. A, it's a policeman right. form. It's, and the, the it has example, nothing to do with color of skin. The, it's cops. hundred percent. The example I give people is if one cop shoots at someone all the other cops present have to shoot back. Yeah. And I ask people, why do you think that is? And I tell them, it's because that way they can't tell which cop shot. Right, right. They have a system and they shoot until their gun is empty. It's a cultural thing. Yeah. Why, if there's five cops present, there's one dude, why do they need 45 bullets flying at this car? They don't need that. It's a cultural thing. Right. So when you misdiagnose the problem as being, hey, personalizing it again right yeah. it's because i'm black right you don't then now the issue the true problem is not being looked exactly. at exactly right exactly. so now you have a cop who think about the mentality it takes to become a police officer right, <laughs> right. now you now have to want some power and, and that control. person chooses yeah. to do it in south central la yeah. So he understands the risk that he's at. He understands the authority he represents. So this is a mentality. Think about all that going on. Now, this guy pulls you over and he tells you to get out of your car. But in your mind, your mom at home has always raised, raised you to say, cops are against you. They hate you from the beginning. They're here to kill you. You're already going to approach that guy with that mentality. Yeah, right. You're so, going to think he's against you. See what I'm saying? He's so enemy. It's a cultural thing that started way back when you were two. Right. And you were raised, now that you're 24, you're stopped at the stoplight. The cop is asking you in his right lawful authority, turn the car off, give me your, oh, I don't know what I got to do, I got to leave, but whatever it is, you're start. No, you're not a, a, a black man. You're a, you're a, a suspect. Right. You're right. a perp. Right. Who's not listening to my demands. And until you do, that's when it will always escalate. Well, and also people don't have the, you know, no one, everybody's just themselves and nobody has the experience of somebody else. So whenever I hear stories, um, I always think like, I mean, I'm a woman, I get it. Like, what do you, how do you think they treat me? Like, what do you, what are you thinking my experience mm -hmm. is when a cop pulls me over? Mm -hmm. Do you think they're friendly? 
because they're not, you know, they're hostile. You know, they're looking at me like I'm a suspect too. And I'm a, you know, a, a woman that's mixed race. Like they're not, they don't treat me with respect. Are you kidding me? The cultural, the, the culture in the, in the police is not, I think has become, and I don't know if it ever wasn't, there, it's you against them. Yeah. The citizens are not, they're not citizens. These are, they're, they, they approach a vehicle with the idea that you might have a gun. Right. Well, yeah. Right. And that's why in Idaho, there was such a problem with the cops shooting yeah. the people. Yeah. Because Idaho has a big gun culture. Yeah. So it was more, um, you know, it had nothing to do with race, obviously, because it was whites on whites. But it was more about the fear the cops yeah. were feeling yeah. because everybody could open carry in Idaho. Yeah. Yeah. So they were afraid that if they were approaching a car, anytime anybody would reach for anything, that yeah. they were reaching for their gun. Yeah. And, and what I tell people is you can't fix racism. You cannot yeah. avoid and you cannot stop a racist person signing up to be a police officer. You can't stop that. But what you can do is fix police culture by yeah. certain laws and certain regulations, maybe the way training. The, the, the training, 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 and also who who you're allowing to become cops. It should be difficult to become a cop. Right. It should be a hard thing. It should be a process, right? So what I'm saying is when you start to misdiagnose and taking in everything like it's a, it's focused on you. Right. You, you're not going to fix the problem. Right. And that's what I always focus on even with my own show. And I get a lot of shit for it, to be honest with you. I get a lot of backlash. Um, a lot of people that, you know, they call me alt-right, like I'm on the alt-right or I'm a right winger. And I'm like, I'm so yeah. firmly on the left. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I, yeah. but I get, I get these criticisms because I say, you know, I'm seeking the truth because the truth is how we're going to correct problems. Right. Like if we if we are misdiagnosing, like you say, problems, we're never going to solve them. Right. We have to be honest mm -hmm. about the reality. Yeah. And if we can be honest about the reality, then we can actually make progress. But we can't make progress if the narratives are fake. A hundred percent. And then we're sitting there trying to fix like a symptom or something that's, you know, it, it is a problem. It's, yeah, a, it's problem, a problem, but it's, it's not problem. the problem. And that's your problem. Right. That, you, you know what I mean? <laughs> the fact that you're because right. racism, it is a problem. I get it. I understand it. Now, do they feed it and give it this kind of almost, uh, I want to say like a, like a life of its own, like racism yeah, is almost like right. a, like a, like a, what it, so when it comes to, so Japanese, you're saying the Asian culture is very focused on education. Very. But, so, but they're, what they're really focused on is self, like preservation like really right isn't that right. really ultimately like the J the japanese people or the chinese people will live like we will move on and we will well, exist in, in america doesn't have that yeah it's very much about like parents will sacrifice everything for their children which is actually you know being mixed race actually i have a, an interesting vantage point because i see intimately two different races sure and yeah. others you know see one race and then they kind of observe another race but i actually intimately have a white vantage point and an Asian vantage point. Mm, interesting. And I can tell you that the, the the way Asians sacrifice for their children is unmatched by whites. Now, I don't know about Hispanics or blacks because I'm not, I don't have that unique vantage point. I can just You guess. can say. For whites and Asians, I know for sure because that, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. in the cultures. Well, I mean, uh, look at what Whites will buy themselves cars and, and homes with <laughs> pools. Yeah. And um, they'll be selfish before they will sacrifice for their children. They're very much like, well, I want the American dream. Yeah. And so I'm going to go get that. Whereas Asians he, will like totally sacrifice. So, so but but it, it's also very much like a, 
that is the way America, like that. That's the, like you're saying they want the American. Like that's America. Like that's you. You well, you, right? You it's look, white. Well, it's white culture America oh. because Asian culture America is different. Yeah. And so that the difference there is, you know, like my Asian family will 100% sacrifice. Like they will literally sell their home. Yeah. For their kid to go to college. Yeah. You know, it's like you never would find that in any That's other crazy. family. Like yeah. They'd be like, well, I guess you're going to have to take out loans like, or you're not going. I guess you're not going. Right. Right. But Asian families will literally like uproot themselves and they'll say, well, shit, you know, we need to send our kid to college. It costs as much money. Well, our home has that much money in it. So let's sell it. And the parents will go and live in squalor in order to give their kids that opportunity because the Asian mentality, kind of like what we just talked about with Buddhists and the sacrificing for ancestors, it is this belief fundamentally that. You are your, like your lineage. Yeah. Your lineage is important. Yeah. Your ancestors and your future. Yeah. And that it's almost like you as a person live in the past and in the future through each other in your family. Yeah. And that's why family is so important. And it's this, you yourself will sacrifice for your child because your child is basically you. And your child's mm. child is basically you. If it's not a representation of you, that's why the family name is so important. Like, and then you that's bring why there's shame, shame to your yeah. family. <laughs> yeah. Such an important, such an important survival mechanism. Yeah. Shame is, you know. Well, it it's, works. It, it, <laughs> it is. It is. It is a necessary, necessary evil to provide like a like a real to have like a real society. The minute the society decides that shame is not a thing now, like yeah. that is it, 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 that's the moment that it all comes to shit because when you have no shit. When you have no shame in going around <laughs> and going around and like, you know, uh, perpetrating and, and displaying and like living out stereotypes, right? Yeah. Be because of personal, like, I don't like a Tyler Perry or whatever, right? Like every single black stereotype is represented in those movies. To me, it just looks like the the black exploitation films, right? But except it's a black person that's directing them and filming them and, and like <laughs> and like acting in them, right? And I've asked black friends of mine. I'm like, I'll, I'll tell them like, dude, how do you feel about like I told them? Uh, uh, I'm glad Black Panther is out because yeah. black community has like a positive, uh, uh, African American like hero, the person they can look well, up African. to. African, not very African, right? They're not Americans. A black, the black community has a black yeah. superhero now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the black community has a black superhero. Uh, I just hope they steer away from Tyler Perry movies. Yeah. Like I put I put out on a Twitter, right? And I got some shit for it. Like you wouldn't understand. You're not black. You don't get it. It's, yeah. But I'm telling them at the end of the day, dude, it's still your worst, your worst stereotypes. Yeah. Being profited off just that happens to go into the pocket of a black guy. There's no difference. Right. So when you well, lose. Role models are important. Yeah. Role models are very important. But we, what we all do is we put these people up on these pedestals because they can dance good. And. It turns out, oh, hey, R. Kelly's a child rapist. Oh, yeah, oh well, uh, but who no, Michael Jackson, but whatever it is, like we put people up to be these godlike figures when, uh, when really they're just dudes. You know, Bill just, Cosby was the worst. Kevin, Kevin, Sp sad. even like Kevin Spacey, amazing, incredible yeah. actor. Oh, out of nowhere, all these things came out. But I'm saying you, we really put celebrities up into these levels of godlike. Yeah, that when they turn out to be just like dicks and people and ass, mm -hmm. it's such a big shock. So when you put, bet so many chips on it as a community right. on this on um, Bill Cosby, right, and then he turns out to be a serial rapist. You have to stop looking for superheroes everywhere, and you have to kind of start being your own superhero. Well, that's like Asian culture, you know. Um, don't have. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Asian culture doesn't really have that. 
because Asians don't value at all the Hollywood scene music. I was gonna say you don't. There's no. There's no. There's no search for it. No. For the same reason yeah. that the Hispanics. Okay, the black community is super loud, and I don't mean like in a the movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> I mean like they're a loud community. Yeah. They will. They will speak out. They would. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Asians, not so much. No, not at all. And, and we're talking about America. Right. Hispanics. Donald Trump wants to build a fucking wall yeah. and keep everybody out. There's still no peep out of Hispanic culture. <laughs> right. Why? Why? I don't know why. The, the focus isn't to be in the main light. To, we don't. We're not looking for our next superhero. But we're the, not you know, looking for. The history for, is different there. I don't think it's necessarily a fair comparison because I do think that the history of Black Americans is very different than the history of like Asian and Hispanic Americans. And I think there needs to be, that needs to be taken into consideration. Sure, there's specifics, but, but at, all, at one point the Asians build the railroads and they were treated very badly. Yeah, at but, one point yeah. Hispanics were treated badly. Right, right. At one point, but, so like the, 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 we all have in common that we're all treated badly by the white person. But the ones right. that keep complaining to the point of this is what we'll do. Like this is how we'll fix it is by complaining, not looking, not fixing, not kind of self-reflecting in our own communities. Well, you know, well, I think there does have to be that, right? We have reached a point, I do think, that people do have to take responsibility, right? Right. Yeah. That it, it needs to be there. But yeah. I do still think that there is a legacy. Now, I, you know, where I have, where I take an issue with um, the conversations is that, you know, when whenever I ask, okay, look, like, Let's fix this. I get it. You feel held back. Um, I, I want to help you. I want to fix this. What do you want? What can we do? The response I often get is, uh, you need to listen. You need to stop and be quiet and listen, right? And then the other one is, and you need to, you need to accept your history. You need to realize what you did to me, right? And I'm sitting there like, yeah, but I didn't do anything to you. Right. For one, my family just got here. Yep. On both sides. <laughs> my my Danish family and my Vietnamese side. Yeah. I'm the first one born here on my Vietnamese side. Yeah. I'm literally the first one born on this soil mm-hmm. on my mom's side. And on my dad's side, my grandfather came my great grandfather came from Denmark. I mean, in nineteen ten my family came here. So yeah. they weren't involved, right? Yeah. So to tell me I have to uh learn you know, be quiet and listen. And then, you know, accept my history, my racist history. And it's like, that wasn't a part of my family journey at all. So it automatically creates this animosity for people, you know, when people are being accused of having a history of racism yeah. that they didn't have, right. it feels very unfair, right? Mm-hmm. And it feels like, and then on top of it, it's like, but that's not a solution. Like, okay, so let's just say, hypothetically, I do, I sit here and I listen, and then I say, okay, I have a racist history, I have a racist. I don't know, like, now what? <laughs> How are we now solving the problem? We're this not. Is, and, and, and again, it sounds like you're unsympathetic when you start to point out the truth right, of things. Right, it does sound unsympathetic. But the truth is that maybe sympathy is not what you need right now. What you need is to start looking at why, like, there's no one kills more black kids than other black kids. Like yeah, no right. one does that. Right. There's not cops b- busting in doors at two o'clock in the morning shooting black people. Right. That doesn't happen. So when you start, when you want to start talking about, hey, these cops killed this one guy. Okay, but you just had six murders of other of black open black. Like, right. what are you talking about? That's kind of why the cops are going in hyper, hyper. Uh, Where are the know, numbers? If you're if you're talking feeling. about change, you, don't attach the one cop who shot the one kid. How about the gang member who's killed three or five of them? They're all, you know what I'm saying? Like, you have to start 
and stop blaming people and say, hey, maybe we can mix though. I do. I think it's a mix. But I the, the problem that I have is that this whole notion of it's white man's fault. Exactly. Um, yeah. And there is no personal responsibility, except there are a group of minority um, black leaders who are speaking out, who are saying, hey, <laughs> you know, that's not working. But even when, do you remember, and again, we'll talk about Bill Cosby. Before all this, he, mm-hmm. he had a speech he gave, I think, out of Philadelphia or Chicago or something like that. And he got shit in, from the black community because of the things he said. Yeah. You need to, you know, pull your pants up. Yeah, you need to stop calling each other. You need to stop calling each other the N word. You need to start like doing all these things, which is like, yeah, yeah, just do all that. That's exactly he got shit for that. Yeah, and I do think there is truth to that, right? Like you, like one thing about the Asian culture that people don't realize is, um, you know, whenever I have conversations with people that are saying, "Well, but Asians are different because Asians had privilege and Asians were," the, you know, and it's like, no, the thing that Asians did was that they assimilated hard. And I mean hard, like took on new names. Like what is my mom's name? Her name is Halmti Tuwin, okay? No, what does she go by? Jackie, <laughs> right? Like, you know, my aunt uh, Coop goes by Lisa. Yeah. You know, they just took on white sounding names. They wouldn't teach any of us kids the native language because they were afraid we would have accents. Was this like a certain generation of Asians that did it's that? All, like the all 70s or the 60s? It's all Asians that come here. Or? No, it's, it, it, this is... Pretty tr- this is l- legitimately true amongst all Asian groups. Uh, India, from India, you know, when you're looking at East Asian, it's a little bit different. Or I mean, West Asians, it's a little bit different than mm-hmm. East Asians. But mm-hmm. I would say like uh, Japanese, Chinese, Korean, Vietnamese, for sure those groups didn't even teach their children the language because they were afraid of an accent. Yeah. They were afraid of... They knew that they were being held back personally because they spoke funny, quote unquote funny, right? Because mm-hmm. they had accents. Mm-hmm. They understood that that was holding them back in business and that was holding them back in life, that they were being discriminated against mm-hmm. for not sounding like the white man. Yeah. So they made it a point to not teach any of us the language. They made it a point to make us sound as white as possible. And they gave all of us white names. And that's just like what the community did was they were like, okay, uh, strategize. It's time to strategize. Like we're here. We're uh, and what are we going to do? We're going to make sure that we prosper. So we're going to make sure our kids sound like white, the white guy and our kids go to college and our kids study hard and our kids become engineers and doctors Those are your only two choices. Maybe a lawyer, maybe depending on the family. And that's like you, that's it. And it was a very, very strict um, assimilate hard. You don't have this other culture, you know, don't. Just do what the white guy does and and win the game. And that is how, you know, Asians kind of gamed the system in that way where they were like, this is how we do it. But there was self-reflection and there was kind of like, hey. Well, there's also not the history. I think that, you know, with black Americans and the United States, it's an abusive relationship. So the way that I liken it is um, it is like. Like, look, you could take two women or three women, like, okay, put three women in a room, okay? And you give all three women the exact same opportunities in front of them. But one woman was told from the time she was a little girl by her dad that she was worth shit. Mm -hmm. And she grew up with this belief and her dad beat her up and her dad told her she was worth shit. And then she got a boyfriend who did the same thing to her. And then she got another boyfriend when she finally got the courage to leave that boyfriend. She got another boyfriend who did the same shit to her, right? And so for her... Um, she's suffering with some serious internal conflicts 
that make it difficult for her to excel and succeed even when given the same opportunities as two other women. Mm. There's like a mental um, abuse that has happened that keeps that is real. And, you know, we see this on the individual level with children that have been abused, with women that have been abused, and I believe with the entire black community that has been abused. So there is, we do have to take these things into consideration, um, but it's a matter of, okay, but even even with all of that, like I've worked with in my previous career, I did a lot of relationship stuff. So I've worked with many, many, many women who've been abused. It is still very, very difficult even to break them from that cycle. It's almost impossible. And it it is, um, unfortunately, she has a greater struggle to get over. But it does have to be her that does it. I can't get her out of her abusive relationship. And then um, she ultimately has to make the choice not to return Right. She ultimately has to choose to date somebody who treats her well, even if she's yeah. not sexually attracted to that person, because the only guy that turns her on now is a guy that beats the shit out of her. Right. Right. So she has to, like, make these conscious efforts to make a change so that her children don't grow up with that same abuse. And that's all I'm saying. Is when but you that's have, hard. I mean, it's like yeah, it's all you're but, saying, but it's hard. Yeah. It's yeah hard. But I understand. It. Easier said than done. It is easier said but than done. But yeah. again, there's mis- misdiagnosis and there's also refusal right. of accepting things. And when you start to blame all your like when you, well, it'd be like one of these women saying all men you because know, like, of that right yeah like she's been abused and so now she's saying it's men well and then that woman turns to her kid and tells her hey all men are after you right. all men are, and then the daughter will do that to the next one right but, even if the daughter's never experienced abuse yeah and has never been hit by a man. now she'll she's on her toe she's wondering what's going she thinks on men sh- are shit it, it, so right. it's a crazy cycle there's right. a lot involved all i'm saying is if you don't have the self-reflection, the part of like, okay, this is what I'm responsible for. I understand the history of it. I understand the situation. But there does come a time when it's like, hey, as a people, we need to figure out what the fuck we're doing. When your murder hard. rate yeah. in Chicago is what it is, right. you have right. to stop and say, hey, it's, what yeah. the fuck is happening? Right. Can we please, as a people, so the thing about Nipsey Hussledine it brought all these LA gangs together and they all walked the streets together. Mm-hmm. Blood, Crips, essays, whatever. And it was a unity behind that. I'm hoping that they will continue this and it'll, it'll be a, a it'll be a, a catalyst for change. Well, what was really tragic about his death, you know, is that he was a guy who made it and then wanted to go back to his neighborhood to try to help his neighborhood out only to be turned on by, by his, his neighborhood. Own. Right, right. Which is why he was initially even wanting to go to help the neighborhood, right? Yeah. Was to try to end what had ultimately happened to him at a very young age. Yeah. Um, and that is really, really tragic. And it is why so many decide to just up and leave. Whereas, like, for example, in the Asian community. So when my family got here, you, you don't even know how many times we've been robbed at gunpoint. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, because, you know, in, you know, what? like, well, yeah, be- like this area that we're in right now yeah. was in a, a really bad area when I was a kid growing up. Really? I mean, we got robbed all the time. My grandmother, oh, man, she got home invaded. She was tied up, beat Jesus the shit out of. Who was gunpoint. doing these these uh, robbers? Vietnamese to, on Vietnamese. Wow. It was Vietnamese on Vietnamese crime because they were poor. So it was like, you know, Vietnamese refugees had come over and none of them had anything. Oh, so they just took. the Right. Oh, so wow. then you would get these gangs that would rise up and they were really vicious and they would go and they would home invade. And, yeah. um, and, you know, like I said, my grandmother was home invaded and they would and they went into her home. She was 70 years old and they tied her up and they beat her up for hours and they took all of her stuff for Jesus hours. Jesus Christ! And how many times I've come home to a robbed house that, um, you know, and, and they would slash the carpets and tear up the walls. And 
I mean, that was a regular occurrence for me growing up. That was normal. That was normal. It was not a surprise to come home and see your house thrashed. So that was because our community was poor and didn't have any money. And when people don't have money, they're desperate. And they, you know, but ultimately what happened was through time, the Vietnamese community over 30 years, and it took 30 years, it wasn't overnight, although that's pretty fast even then, um, you know, they, the kids went to school, right? Like my generation went, to, were taught to, you know, we, we went to school. We spoke like white people. We had white people names, even though I, my name's Kim, which is the Vietnamese name. But, um, you know, we, we just, so the, the community eventually got infused with more money and, the, and we came back. It wasn't like we ever left. I mean, I'm still here. You know, mm-hmm. I'm still here in the hood, <laughs> but the hood changed. Yeah. And it's no longer a bad area. Yeah. I mean, Westminster was growing up. I mean, I don't know. You were around in this area, yeah. weren't you, yeah. back in the 80s? No, not yet. Oh, you weren't. <laughs> um, but it was a bad area. Yeah. And now it's not a bad area. Right. And so that's just when people do so come back. So it's possible. Back, yeah, it is possible to come back and to rebuild. But your community does have to shame the ones that are bad and behaving badly. And you have to stop. You have to be willing to turn them in. You also don't impede change. I feel that they, that, and it sounds so bad, but I also feel that a lot of co- these communities impede the change. They don't, they, they want to hold on to their stereotypes so much because it's become a piece of their personality. Identity or culture. Or, yeah. That, like, why, dude? Yeah. What are you talking about? Don't you want to change? When I get my friends bitching and complaining, and I hear you, I get it. Okay, but when you start complaining about how Echo Park used to be the super ghetto place, but now it's filled with with that, now it's not. Mm-hmm. And you're complaining about that. You're complaining that the gangs are gone. You're complaining that you don't have to worry <laughs> right. about walking down the street. Well, when because you, they got pushed out. Okay. Right. Well, they shouldn't be around anyways. Can we? Can right. we well, right? whereas like the Vietnamese community, we stayed. You know, Westminster, this area, yeah. um, stayed Vietnamese. But you're not a gang. So I'm saying like gangs aren't supposed well, yeah, we to were. be around Right, it's not right, right. So when they leave, isn't that supposed to be like, yes, we got rid of our gang issue? Like, no, it's like they become a piece of the, like, woven into the society, right. and right. that's a problem. When gangs are, when Hispanics, you're, you're, when your gangs are woven into who you are as a, as a people, and so it's in your movies, and it's the way you talk, and it's how you dress, you might not be in a gang, but you dress, like, when it's become woven, you need to stop and say, is this beneficial? Yeah. And it's, it's well, not. And that's like the thing that I think um, is so different about Asian culture, you know, and I keep talking about Asian culture because it's what I know, but I, you know, what's different is the, the gangs were real, the gangs were violent, and but they got shamed out like and, and like and I'll say I'll reveal this. You know, my mom went to prison. So oh. I'm not you know, I'm not somebody that just like had this whole privileged life of, you know, oh, you know, it's like I grew up with the the robberies, the home invasions and I had a parent go to prison. Yeah. So, you know, I get it. Yeah. But when my mom went to prison, um, you know, and I, I now I'm feeling the shame even saying it because it's like, oh God, you know, I shouldn't say this out loud because then, you know, it's out there and it's public and it's like Asian shame is real. And <laughs> if my family found out that I was talking about this, yeah. I would be in such big, I'd be in huge that. trouble. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be in such huge trouble. Yeah. But you know, we never said she went to prison. Mm. We lied, right? Mm. And we said, oh, she was in the hospital mm-hmm. or she had something. You know, and then when she came back, the family like shamed her. I mean, the family was like, you, d- you know, listen, this you is need the way to keep goes. yourself in check as an adult. 
on your everyday life. Right. And as a society, as a, as a group of, you got to keep yourself in check. The minute you start telling people you only live once, when the minute you start telling people it's not because of you, it's because they hate you. Yeah. And the minute you, your kid gets a bad grade, you're not mad at the kid, you're mad at the teacher that gave them the bad grade. Yeah. The minute that starts happening, you need to stop and realize because what's going to happen is it's just going to, it's just going to continue. It's going to snowball into these issues that I don't know how you fix now. I don't mm-hmm. know how long it will take to fix the homeless situation in california yeah it's an epidemic and we seem to be doing absolutely nothing seriously about it right there's so when we need to accept the issue the problem and try to fix the problem and not attach emotions and oh it's personal kind of thing and that's all i'm saying that's all i want people to kind of just be more practical with life Stop assuming everything is about you and the theory. And, and first, <laughs> well, stop that's assuming like you're a natural thing, right? Like when you're at work, for example, yeah. you know, and this is what I always relate it to is like when you're at work, you're always thinking the your coworker is somehow getting better treatment than you, right? Like you sit there and you wonder, like, are they getting paid more? Yeah. You know, are they getting something I'm not? Right. It's a natural instinct to think that your neighbor is always doing better than you or getting some special treatment that you're not getting, mm-hmm. and that's like uh, that's a pretty natural thing. So I, I think within even cultures, there is a tendency with certain cultures to feel that way. Yeah. Um, Asian culture doesn't do that. I mean, they're literally head to the ground. Don't give a shit about anybody else. Yeah. That's like the Asian mentality. It, 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 it truly is. So that's why when you watch like a Brinks commercial, mm-hmm. the, 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 usually the, the people that are robbing the house will be Asian and white. Because you're not going to put a black guy as a thief, right? You're not going to put a black guy as someone who breaks into... Because then you'll get a bunch of letters right, from black right. communities. But you put an Asian and a white, they're winning. So they don't care. Well, you can put them up and be whatever it is. So it's just... The, the, the minute we start attaching our feelings to like... Also, Kim, biological shit. She's like... like uh, uh, I feel as a... As a I, I, I identify as a female. So I'm going to need a, a new bathroom. And it's like... <laughs> You feel this way, but biologically, you have this urge or this need, which is to go to the restroom. <laughs> right. So biologically, we've designed, we've designed bathrooms specially for your needs. Right. You're a male, you have these needs. You're a female, you get booths, you get stable, you know, all that. Right. So why do your feelings have to play into any of this? Well, like with that, I don't really care, right? Because like, uh, you know, if a trans... It's the part of the shaming and the moral... Kim, that you, I know you. Well, why do I? But I'm saying is that that's a part of shame that you need to kind of even be like, look, I'm sorry, but your feelings aren't important in the determination of which restroom to you. Like that shouldn't have feelings attached to it. Well, I mean, I just don't. Yeah, I mean, I guess with that, I don't really give a shit what bathroom you use. You know, like do whatever you want to do. Until you, okay, you have a dude walk in there while you're using the restroom. Like that's yeah. not a thing for you. That's not a. That's not going to be. No, if it were normal, it's just not normal in society, right? We're used to having segregated bathrooms right. between men and women, right? Because the bathrooms have different uses. Like there's different things in them. But they don't have to, right? I mean, they could. The only thing is, is that I wouldn't want to use a restroom. Like I, it would just be awkward on dates, right? Because I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want to go to the bathroom, and then my date walks into the same bathroom, right? Right. You know, and I'm like, oh, right. that would be awkward. I mean, I do enjoy having a separate space. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't really care. Like, use whatever. I mean, at the end of the day, they're all public, and anybody's walking in, and I, you know, it's not like. They either need to be totally private or they're just totally public. And if it's male or female, I guess use whatever bathroom you want. I don't really care. Um, you know, I mean, I, I would say use what people are, what you feel comfortable and what you think other people but, are going to feel comfortable. But I think we, it's, 
I don't need to know Forget what your the fact that is. it's a bathroom. Forget the fact that it's a bathroom. All I'm saying is the attachment of feelings to things well, right, like, is an issue in this in this particular society we live in. The feelings yeah. are attached to so many things that should not be attached to because um, ultimately it is like do you yes or no up or down like well I feel I feel that down should be up because my people like whatever <laughs> like, your feelings are not taken into consideration yeah, for certain things for sure like for certain things I definitely think it's like we have to be a little bit more um, you know like for example the airlines you know they want to kind of re- remove gender and I'm like you can't, I mean, you know, disasters happen, like natural disasters and, okay. and accidents happen, and you have to know who you're looking for. You have to, like, have some idea <laughs> of, like, I love it when it comes to bite someone in the ass, when they, like, do all these things, and it just turns out to be, like, the worst thing they could have done for the situation. <laughs> right. Like, I just love when society does that to itself. Because right. it, it, in that case, who are we looking for? Well, uh, you can't describe their gender. You're not allowed to describe their color. You're not allowed to describe anything. So you're just like looking for a person. It's a carbon-based, individual, biological being. Did you did you just for. assume my my my? <laughs> like, <laughs> see, this is what I'm talking about. And look, Kim, okay, okay, but let's 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 come down the ladder a little bit. You have a magic wand. Yeah. Okay. You wave it. What would you like to see happen in politics? Like, if you Kim could wave this wand, what would it look like to you? Well, I want a fair and equitable society. That doesn't mean equal results. And I think people get confused with that. Because I think what happens now is people are wanting to see equality. And mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that that's what we should be aiming for. Right. We should be aiming for a fair and equitable society, but not necessarily equality in society. 100%. Yeah. So that yeah. is like, you know, we should be somewhat of a meritocracy, right? Where you're all given the same resources. Yeah. But the results might not end up being equal the way you want, right? Like, um, no matter how we slice it as women, for example, if, if we go head to head with men in sports, we're not going to beat them. And we're not going to have an equitable shake in the, sp- in the sports arena if we're being forced to compete directly with men. Yeah. It's not going to be 50% women, 50% men. If we're making a basketball team and we're like, anybody can try out, anybody, anybody. And then like half the women show up and half the men show up and we're expecting equal results. Mm-hmm. Not going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. The men are all going to beat us out. There might be like one anomaly female that makes the team. Yeah. But the rest are all going to be dudes, right? Yeah. So that's, you know, but having the shot is the fair and equitable society. The equality is a little bit different. But I think that that gets, okay, like yesterday I'm watching uh, this game, this thing called Titan Games. Mm-hmm. And they, they're contestants, they're kind of like American Gladiator type thing. And she's the first black woman in NASCAR to be in a crew pit. Yeah. And I'm and, and she goes, you know, uh, she's making history, and she's doing. And I'm thinking, really, she's breaking down the walls for every other black female that wants <laughs> to be an NASCAR. Really, right. she's really really. And I turn to I'm like, turn to my wife, and she's like, you don't know how many there are. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure. There's just like kicking down the door. African American females are kicking down the door to be right. part of this picture. <laughs> like just because you're the first of something doesn't necessarily mean anything. Like the Maybe. floodgates have opened, and now all these women are like wanting to do that job. But the TV was portraying her as this. Like right. trailblazer, like oh, she's the first black woman in. A, I mean, like yeah, okay, yeah, all right. Uh, well, I, this I is why it. I like Europe a lot because you know, like Germany, for example, is such an interesting case because Germany was just pummeled in World War Two, right? Well, rightfully yeah. so. Yeah, right. I mean, rightfully so. Rightfully. Yeah, they were they were demolished <laughs> to everybody's. Uh, yeah, yeah. But what was interesting about it was Two that. World Wars. 
Yeah, can we? They were responsible for both. Well, and what's crazy is they've been able to take over Europe even now without starting a war. They now own Europe. I'll interrupt real quick. So they they ask her what's the her the chancellor Angela Merkel. They go, they go. She goes, uh, yeah, yeah. So now with all the chaos and the Brexit and all that stuff, the uh, the European countries are looking for the country to to take. Take action. It's like, finally, now Germany, it's our no, moment. She even herself goes, but we all know what happens every time Germany, like she was genuinely like, I'm not going to do it. Like I wasn't, she, did, she didn't say, I'm going to step up. She goes, they already have, but uh, you know, I, we all know what happens when every time. They honestly Germany, already have. They already have. Well, and all the rest of Europe all knows They it. just, they just sent their, those people seem to have a certain, they're kind of like our golem. Whereas that makes sense, like they, yeah. they're, they're going to play a, a role in our lives that they, yeah, whether you like it or not, yeah, it's a the weird, Germans are here to stay. It's a weird thing, right? That Germany is such a like. They're very important. regimented people. Yeah. So to me, they're very much like Asians. And my ex boyfriend's German, and I spent a lot of time in Germany, and because um, uh, he lives in, he's like German German. He lives yeah. in Germany, and you know they they are extremely regimented, and they're very very. Um, they're they're like the Asian culture in a lot of ways where they're it's like tough people. Yeah, it's like you don't have fun. You need to work and you need to do what's necessary. Do what is necessary right now. So, but what's interesting is that Europe has been Germany's been able to take over Europe even without having to start a war this time. Right. But right. so when Germany was decimated after World War II, what was really interesting about it was that um, they needed all hands on deck to rebuild the country. Okay, so Germany is an interesting test case in in a fair and equitable society and they've been they've have a really great society now because you know when the men came home from world war ii here in the united states what did they do well all the women were like rosie the riveter working on the cars playing baseball doing all these things right but when they came when the men came home the men were threatened by the women having the jobs the men wanted their jobs back so they told the women you belong in the kitchen you got to get back in the kitchen. Playboy rose. So all of a sudden women became objectified. There was women uh, being forced back into the kitchen. Church said women belonged at home. This was very much like the American narrative. Germany did not have that narrative. When the soldiers that were left of Germany were there, they were like, hey, lady, all hands on deck. We need everybody we can get to rebuild this country. You're not going back home. You need to stay in where exactly where you are. You're an engineer. Perfect. We need you. You're a doctor. Great. We need you. So they needed the women to stay in those fields. They also needed blacks. They needed uh, people of color of, of, you know, not Hispanics. There's not very many Hispanics over there in Europe. But, you know, they've, they've got uh, Africans. They've got Eastern Europeans. They have um, Middle Easterners, right? And they needed everybody to rebuild the country. Anybody who was there, they were like everybody and anybody. And because of it, it it's like a, a country where misogyny and sexism and racism at this point in time is like null and void. They it, don't have it. It's petty. It's not unnecessary. They just don't, you know, because they all had to get, they all had to equally build the country. And because they were in it together and they were building together and everybody got a fair shake in the economy. So women were making money. Blacks were making money. Middle Easterners were making, everybody was making money. And they were equally gaining power because they had the money equally. And now you've got a female chancellor. You know, you've got a very, it was hard for me when I first started dating my German boyfriend because um, he had a very, like, like I would offer to pay and he would actually accept it. He'd be like, yeah, okay. 
And I'd be like, whoa, whoa, you know, I'm not, I usually offer and you're supposed to decline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> right, because that's the American way. Yeah. But the Germans were like, yeah, of course, because women are exactly the same mm. as men. They didn't have this whole feeling of like, oh, I'm supposed to pay the bill every time mm. and I'm supposed to do this and that and the other. Yeah. Because for them, women are exactly the same. Mm -hmm. And blacks, when they describe blacks, they don't say black. They don't have a whole different culture and a whole different term. They, when they describe a person who's blonde and blue-eyed, they say extremely light pigmented, right? They say extremely light pigmented hair. These are literally the translation. Wow. Lit, like light pigment hair, light pigment eyes, light pigment skin. And that means blonde eyes. Right. And, and then when they talk about a black person, they say maximum pigment skin, <laughs> maximum pigment hair, maximum pigment <laughs> eyes, right? Like they don't have different I'm gonna categories. I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that here. Right. See, how that, see how that goes here. <laughs> but it's interesting, you know how a society can form and i believe it's largely economic it has a lot to do with money and power in the system germany is an excellent test case of this because they were pummeled rightfully so had to rebuild so so it is possible for societies to start or have a very bad we just need to be pummeled through war well <laughs> <be> decimated <laughs> well the u.s is, is a specialty case right and this yeah. is what people forget again we've only been around like yeah, not long. So uh, to say that we understand anything when it comes to like the true running of democracy and politics, it's, it's, it's not there. Like We're the, teenagers. I mean, ultimately, that's really what we are, right? Yeah. And then that's kind of the stage we're at. Like we're fighting ourselves and we're not sure which way we want to go. And yes, we want to be productive, but we still want our own. Like it's a, it's a weird time to be alive um, and to be involved. Politics has become... Now that that the, the Mueller report came out, yeah, can can you see the do you see the difference in coverage of Donald Trump? Are you are you starting to see? I ha how you know I've been like refusing to pay attention oh, because it you? just drives me crazy. Yeah, yeah, I don't watch mainstream news anymore just because I'm like, oh come on, guys, mm -hmm. like how long can we go on with this? And, and that's CNN at this point because before the Mueller report came out, there was a justification for being on top of Trump like that constantly. I yeah. get it. Yeah. But now that it's come out, they're still on top of them, and it's now it's like <laughs> your 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 main kind of weapon, your gun on this. It's, yeah. it's proved to be a, a dud, and it just right. It's not it. Time to move on. Which well, is a whole different thing. Like you know, I think I think Mueller just didn't want to like be that dude. He because I mean to say there's no collusion. Okay, got it. But no obstruction of justice to be to him to be oh, able sure, to, there was to plead a, a case for it to be able to plead a case for him to say no. Nah, yeah, that's. But here's the thing: like obstruction and perjury and all that has happened before with every you know Bill Clinton, he perjured himself. Yeah, and and know, it was a prosecution, and they were like, well, there he was, was impeached. There was but this then whole nothing th happened. So and, you know, it's like, but so that, why it, not? Con why if it's the, the if if the president is there for that? I don't understand how Mullich just didn't come back with that. It's obvious. It's there. He fired the dude investigating him. Like, this, well, this because all, it wasn't hard enough proof. And you've got to have like a smoking gun. It's got to be obvious. Like with Bill Clinton, it was obvious, okay? Yeah. Because there was proof on the dress of DNA. And he said, I had no sexual relations with this woman. Yeah. And he totally perjured himself because yeah. we found actual physical DNA evidence. Okay. Well, we don't have that on Trump. I mean, you don't have like, physical DNA evidence, no. so you can't prove that no, he was all, obstructing all you can justice. Do is assume why he fired Comey. You can't prove why he people fired go him. to court with that all the time. There, there's yeah, there's there, there's all that really. time of like, hey, there's there's I people that can get him on that. I, okay, you can't get him on that. And I get it. It's so, not a smoking gun. But him to be to, 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 for it, to, it was this. It, we were all waiting for it. It was gonna be the thing, right? It was gonna be. Right. It was gonna make the next step into impeachment. It was gonna, do, and then all that momentum stopped 
when he's yeah. like, oh, no, I couldn't really. Well, I never really believed in the collusion, <laughs> to be honest with you. You didn't think it, it no. is kind of fantastical to think that he would actually be like held. He's not smart enough. I mean, give me a break. Some Manchurian candidate, you got to be intelligent to be a Manchurian candidate because you're basically a spy. You're basically saying I'm a I'm a double agent. I don't think I don't think it's that. I he's think not that it's he's not no. Smart. I'm not saying he's smart. I honestly don't think it's a maturing kind of kind of situation. I think it's a dude who won an election he didn't think was going to win. Right. Yeah. I so agree with when that. he won, it was like oh, okay, well I'm going to do it. So then now Russia is like you're going to take our help whether you like it or not uh, because we have this certain tape or we have this or whatever right. it was that that that. To say there was no collusion, also there, there was attempted collusion everywhere. Yeah, I mean everywhere well, from Flynn yeah, to, to, you the, know, to the media. We do that everywhere like, too. I mean, you know, we're we're constantly meddling. I mean, we meddle in every election. <laughs> we yeah, but we collude again on our turf. Yeah, it's, it's a 9-11 thing on right. our shit. Like you had to come do it to our house. Like, right. That's a whole different thing. Right? Yeah, I mean, I understand that. I I never thought there was collusion. I you, did. You honestly never thought there was any. Russian no. collusion? I mean, you know, of course, there's always a chance. And so I agreed with the investigation. Like, you know, go ahead and look. What I didn't like was the constant narrative in the news. It was yeah. like, come on, there's so much other shit going yeah. on in the world. Yeah, a lot of like, stuff. Like, we don't need to be focused on this. We, there's so much more but going on. But it is on. a big deal when there is a possibility that your president might be Yeah, but it's like, let him do rush. the investigation. Yeah, let him drop. And then, and then just, you know, see what happens. And now we saw what happened, right? Yeah. I mean, I never thought there was collusion. I, I have always thought that Russia, of course, did whatever they could. Metal. To try. Yeah, why not? Well, I mean, every I'm sure China did too. I'm sure all of them have tried, just like we try. Yeah. Because if you're a powerful nation. It's what, well, I mean, the CIA, that's what they do, right? Right, that's what they do. That's right. what, that's that's what, what they, they do. They go around the world doing that. So, of course, I'm sure Russia has <laughs> their teams that do it. And I'm yeah. sure China has their teams that do it. And I'm sure, you know, Israel has their teams that do it. Everybody but it's does. the constant defending of Russia from Trump. That really kind of worries people. Like it's, it's it's okay. Then why? Okay, why are you? I think so that was just teams. You know, I think that's just like the because the two party system that we've talked about. Um, you know, when two party, it, when it's like the the Dodgers versus the you know whatever angels. <laughs> yeah, the Dodgers okay. versus the angels, and it's this constant battle. And it's like, which team are you on? And you have to be against everything the other team says just because. Mm. Not for any real legitimate logical reason, mm. but just because. Mm. And so I think that's what a lot of that was. You think so? Yeah, I think it was just the Democrats were going hard on Russia. So he couldn't say that, yes, it's true. No, I think he was just like, oh, Russia's great. You yeah. know, just to like stick it to the Democrats. <laughs> even if he didn't believe any of it, he was just saying it just to be, just to like be different, opposite. And I even see this with Democrats. They're constantly opposite of what Republicans say just to be opposite even yeah. if it's like they're they're actually asking for something good this time yeah, guys like yeah. they're actually being honest yeah. <laughs> believe it or not I know it's hard to believe and they they're like no whatever they say I'm opposite it doesn't matter what it is because you kind of have to be right to like well they act like it yeah, yeah like, I and mean, you kind of do have to be because like what I see even on my show is whenever I defend anything a Republican does you know I get eviscerated yeah. by left-wingers yeah. that are just like how dare you you're on the right now I knew you would turn I knew you were I knew you were <laughs> you're uh, an asset right that, that's what they would th they're like think I'm a CIA plant and that I'm yeah. you know I get all these weird conspiracies you know what you should do me. Kim you should like uh, secretly like you should hide like little triangles like uh, so that people will be like oh, did you guys <laughs> Illuminati it? Just, just, just trip them out right. just trip them out you know why not just do that <laughs> I already have enough people that are like crazy you know thinking that i'm you know something i'm not or whatever just yeah. because i just because i question both sides now i think republicans are way crazier um i think for sure they're just way long gone they're far and gone it, well i i feel anything with an alt in front of it is is the wrong 
either well, left yeah. or right because yeah. you know left and, and then there's the i love the confusion the, the fact that people don't know shit so they'll just start spewing stuff out like the, the, uh, like the confusion of the of right being nazis yeah when nazis really are just like the ultimate left yeah, like far 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 it's left. the super far but left really like that's it's nazis. a circle it, it and, well it, actually it, it's more like a quadrant you know people always think of things in a linear left and right and the oh, it's like one of those is, like one of those diagrams right, right. Like, it's like, more like a diagram yeah. or it's more like you know because there is an authoritarian right and there's an authoritarian left yes and we see this all the time right the authoritarian right wingers are like the christian moral ones that are like i don't you know don't hang out with gays don't talk to gays mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know don't be around that we make them illegal mm-hmm. right let's ban them and then the authoritarian left is like okay ban anybody who says something i don't like mm-hmm. ban them yeah. from saying the things and, and thinking things and conglomerating together like ban them because they're immoral. And that's just on the speech side, not the economic side. It's his own thing on both sides, like the left and the right. They both... They're like, together. It, you know? it becomes this thing of your your political beliefs become you. So anyone that attacks them yeah. is attacking you. Right. So th- that stops you from like realizing, oh, that's a good point. Hey, yeah, right, that's, right. that's absolutely right. It makes right. sense. Yeah, that's why economically, you know, you've got Republicans and Democrats who are... Uh, like neo-libs and neoconservatives who are both pretty much in the same spot economically. And you've got, um, you know, I, I always say like progressives like myself and libertarians have more in common with each other than um, the the Democrat, neo-libs and neoconservatives, I think, have more I in think common with each other. They'll, they'll, they allow for things to come in every once in a while. When you're a libertarian. Yeah, progressives like you and libertarians are free-thinking people. That's what I'm saying. They, you, you, oh, that's a good idea, maybe. Right, I'll, yeah. When Might left have, and right, it's like, no, no, no. Either they're authoritarians. Yeah. They're very authoritarian. Yeah. And, they're, and they're very much like, well... Yeah, we can have Medicare for all if it makes sense, right? If, it, you know, <laughs> it, it, they they just play this game of, that would be nice. That would be nice. And, but. and, and we'll wrap it up. We'll wrap it up again. But, but the, the one thing that I, I don't understand is, the, I understand them in theory. So, like, when they go, oh, uh, I'm a communist or a socialist. Like, I understand mm-hmm. the definition of those words. Right. But just, uh, I, I, I heard a good joke from of a, of a communist. So, there's two communists talking. And one of them goes, uh it, oh, and the joke is about why communism doesn't work if you're a person, if you're just like eight people, like a person. Right. Right? And it goes, uh, two communists are talking, and one of them goes, uh, if you had two houses, would you give me one of your houses? And the, the other communist goes, of course, I'd give you two other houses. What we're supposed to do, I'd give you two houses. If you had two cars, would you give me two? Would you give me one of your cars? He's like, yeah, I would share my car with you. Of course I would. If you had two chickens, can I have one of your chickens? He goes, no. And he goes, why not? He goes, because I have two chickens. <laughs> because I have two chickens, like that's why I'm not gonna give it to you. It doesn't work. It's not. You can't. You can't force it. I don't understand the idea. It can only serve whoever is in charge of the communist country. Well, communism cannot, in reality, not on paper. On re. No, no. Re- there's actually a communist nation that is democratic. So here's the thing that yeah. about economics and. So there's political structures and there's economic structures. And this is where people get really confused is that they think that they're one and the same when really like economic structures are things like socialism, communism, capitalism. Mm -hmm. And political structures are things like monarchies, Mm -hmm. dictatorships, democracies. Right. 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 So you actually can have a democratically elected communist system. Yes. And you can have democratically elected 
capitalism, democratic socialism, democratic communism, just like you can have uh, dictator communism, dictator socialism, and even dictator capitalism, which we see in China right now. Yeah. China's a dictatorship. China's also capitalistic at this moment. Right. Because the dictator said so. Yeah. There's actually a, a province in India that is actually a democratic society that has democratically put in implemented communism. Oh, really? Yeah. And Israel did it for a while, too, with yeah. the kibbutz system. They had a democratically uh, decided upon communist system. So it it does happen. It's rare, you know, usually. But the, but the numbers need to be at a level that it's manageable for you to do that. When you're running right, Russia do and it, you're yeah. running the U.S., you, you it's not going to work. You can't. You have too many. That's why we have states' rights, ideally, in the United States. We're 50 different nations. That's why they each have their own little uh, uh, constitution and their own right, little plans. Right. It's Which all I'm po- a big supporter of. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's also supposed to fit together rights. to make this capitalism super super good. But all I'm saying is I don't understand. Oh, so now like you have like Greece and it, all, all these countries in disarray yeah. over their political system. Right. Venezuela, all this other shit. And it just becomes like, why repeat it? Why again? Why again? Why? And now is the time to stop the momentum. Right now, when you're when you're on the streets and yeah. you don't have any power and you're not sure who the president, like, don't vote another socialist. Don't do that. Why? <laughs> well, Venezuela is different. So that was us. So we destroyed Venezuela because you know their one resource is oil, and we wouldn't allow them to actually capitalize on their oil. And when I say capitalize, uh, what I mean is monet- well, monetize. We didn't let them monetize their oil. So what we did was we actually put embargoes on them like we did with Cuba. So we we told the world, you're not allowed to um, lend money to Venezuela so that they can build the infrastructure to tap into their oil reserves. We actually prevented them. But there are a... Are they a terrorist country? Are they considered a terrorist? No. You sure? Terrorists? Yeah. Venezuela is a... There's a group of... No, they're not considered terrorist. No. Okay. The, uh, the, that would be like Iran is considered a terrorist nation. Well, like when they're actively like, like a uh, actively like a uh, uh, funding and stuff like that. That's a terrorist yeah, not Venezuela, country? right? Okay. Iran would be one that they consider. You know, Saudi Arabia for sure. Yeah, yeah. you know, they have a lot of state-sponsored terrorism, but we don't seem to care. <laughs> You know, oh, just, no, because yeah. we're going to sell them guns or we're going to do whatever it is with them. Well, it's right? oil. It all has to do with oil. Well, yeah. But Venezuela has a huge oil reserve. It's the largest in the world. Yeah. The largest in the world is yeah. in Venezuela. So we just kept them under a thumb? Yeah, because what happened was Venezuela decided that they didn't want um, the U.S. capitalists to come in and actually monetize the oil. Yeah. Uh, Hugo Chavez in like 2002 basically said that he wanted the oil, the oil was part of the land and that the land belonged to the Venezuelan people and he wanted the money from whatever was extracted from the land to go to the Venezuelan people. So he wanted to nationalize it. Sounds fair. Right. It does sound fair. Yeah. When the United States got wind of that, uh, the U.S. basically said, not under our watch. And they basically put an embargo on Mm -hmm. it to where Venezuela could never nationalize and capitalize and monetize the one resource they had. So they went broke. We basically drained them to death. We basically yeah. said, um, we're going to put our thumb on you until you crack mm-hmm. because you're not going to have any money for your people. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't socialism that is that has cracked Venezuela. Mm-hmm. They actually are extremely wealthy if we allowed them. That's that, A lot of these countries have a lot of resources. They have them. a shit ton. Venezuela would be extremely wealthy. And the fact that they wanted to give it back to the to Venezuelan people is really, really admirable and the right thing to do. Yeah. But, the you know, they weren't, you know, Venezuela is not socialist, really. So they have socialist, um, no no economy is. You know, this is where people get you really You can't confused. solely be. 
No, right. right. You're always a mix. And they have capitalism in Venezuela. They're not a socialist country. Yeah. They are capitalist. They have capitalism, too. They just wanted to socialize or nationalize, really, certain resources like water and oil, which is the, the stuff that should be nationalized. Yeah. Here in the United States, you know what we're doing with our water? Mm-hmm. We're capitalizing water. Water is life. You need water to drink. You can't live without water. But we've allowed in our system for the water to be monetized and, and owned by private people yeah. that and it's straight from the land. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you're gonna have to pay a fortune and when we start having droughts and we're starting to die off, they're gonna charge you a fortune for that water that is part of the land and you as an American should have claim to that. Mm. So Venezuela kinda had that idea. And the US said, No, 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 we don't like that idea and um we want those oil reserves to go to money making ventures. So, do you think it's it was a it's intended to be Desiree from the beginning, and then America's going to step up when they're like at their last? Kind no, of no. What we're trying to do is put in our own leader that is going to allow us. Yeah, to that's the other guy, the, right? That's right, the other guy. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a guy that has been trained in the United States. Yeah. He was educated in the United States. Yeah. He's trained in the U.S. Yeah. And what they're trying to do is insert him in because he's agreed to allow the oil in Venezuela to, to be. To be capitalized by the U.S. right by the U.S. and not nationalized. It's a for dirty the game, Kim. Yo, it's shit. Yeah, it's and we did that. What we game. did in Libya when Gaddafi he said the same thing. But uh, don't so, you mess with our election, though? Yeah. Right, you hear me? Right, right. Yeah. You don't mess. Yeah. with our elections, though. Right. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's what that's what it comes down to. Because everyone's like, "So, bro, you think you think we don't do that? You think we didn't we didn't hack?" Ele-? I'm like, "Yes, but." Well, and I agree with that. Like, you know, we should definitely. <laughs> I, you know, I know we do it all around the world. Yeah. Um, and we should put an end to that, but yeah, you know, we should also try to put an end to people doing it to us too. It's not like we should say, oh, well we 100%. do it so they can. Exactly. No, it's uh, like they can't. Yeah. We can't and they can't. Yeah. And so if we should, I mean, look, it, I love, I love that you've spun into the political kind of arena, Kim. <laughs> I like that. From well, from when stressful. I stressful. My God. Well, well so from, from when I first met you, you were doing the the relationship, relationship advice talk, and stuff. Yeah. So was it a, a was it an easy jump? When did you decide to like? No, it wasn't easy. Um, you know, because it's been a huge learning curve. And you know, politics is so big and monstrous, and you have to learn so much. And it's been two years now since I left the relationship radio talk show. And you know, for me, I was just so bored doing relationship talk. And I would always come to work and talk politics, and my producers would tell me to shut up when the mics turned. They were like, "Okay, Cam, ten seconds, let's go. <laughs> Switch gears. Yeah. No more politics. No more yeah. politics." You know. Yeah. But it was a passion of mine, and I'd always been political. When I was 11 years old, I introduced legislation to anti-deforestation legislation. When I was 11 oh, years old, no, I was protecting the trees. Yeah, exactly. Nice. I, I did anti-deforestation station um, bill and I was a lobbyist at one point for a, an environmental organization when I was 21 I've always been really political yeah but you know my career I never went into politics because doing radio um, the only radio available politically is conservative talk and I'm not a conservative yeah so there was really no space for me in that and um, when I decided to leave relationship radio and go into political talk the only space for me to go into was YouTube, you know, to go online because there's just, like I said, no liberal talk radio. Although that is shifting. And I will say that the radio companies have started reaching out again to ask what my interest would be to go back and to do what I'm doing. Um, but, you know, what's interesting is I'd probably have to go back and do it on a conservative talk radio station, which I'm not opposed to um, because I do have a lot of, of conservative viewers on YouTube who say, 
they enjoy just my takes on things even if they don't agree because they feel like I come from a rational space rather than like an emotional space. Yeah. And they appreciate that, right? <laughs> it's so, so refreshing to see a rational woman up there. A rational <laughs> liberal woman, yeah, right? Like all three things combined. Yeah, yeah. And so I think um, there would be a space to go back to radio to do conservative, you know, to be on a conservative you, talk So station. you would consider that? Of course, yeah. I mean, why not? You know, talk to the other side. No, but I mean, you would consider going people? back to radio. Oh, Cause that's uh, really, you know, I don't like the, I don't, you know, I like working out of my house. I, don't I like have to go anywhere. <laughs> right. I, I, I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to, I can work when I want, you know, I, I post videos when I feel like it. But the, the beauty is everyone. So at that point, uh, the other, the responsibilities are somebody else's, right? Like the, the uploading and the, all that, all that stuff. You don't but have then to you work. still have to work for someone else. And I'm really enjoying my freedom right now in, okay. in politics and yeah. in, and in broadcasting and, you know, my show's doing really, really, really well. It's the fastest growing political talk show. I've seen on it. YouTube I, right I was. Now. I. I am. I am generally. Uh, I mean, it's crazy how fast it's growing. Very proud of you. You've I mean, it hit fifty thousand subscribers this weekend. Yeah. And I've been going for three months. Nice. So, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, There's a thirst for it. There's a thirst for logical. Uh, uh, just normal, just sane. Yeah. Uh, politics. Just like people are so tired of, you know, people hitting buzzers the rhetoric, and right, the, right. The, the flying heads it's and like all this. Bait. Like, come, yeah. like people just want to hear it from like a normal human being who's not insane and like, oh yes, I get it. Oh, I disagree. I, you know, it's it's a beautiful thing. I'm, well, and being independent, you know, like I said, I do lean left, and I I admit that, but um, I I am an independent thinker, and I often do side with Republicans and conservatives on things. When I, when I see bullshit, I call it out. Mm. And, um, you know, that's important, I think, to just Very say, important. look, like, this is the reality. Because then you gain more trust. And then when you do say something, they're more willing to take it seriously. Yeah. So, you know, I know a lot of people, like, you know, I've, I've got a lot of... Um, people that are very, very much on the left and they feel like I'm I'm a turncoat in some ways. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, they'll be like, oh, you're a traitor. And I'm like, you know, I'm actually doing you a favor and you don't even realize it because I'm gaining the trust of people on the other side because I am rational, I'm willing to tell the truth. Yeah. So when I tell the truth, I'm telling the truth and they know it. Yeah. And sometimes that's in your favor. Whereas if you say it, they're not going to listen to you because you sound crazy. There's a credibility to someone who disagrees with you. Right, so I'm saying right. that you give that person like if, if, you, if you have the courage to disagree with me at this point, then whatever your next point is, I'm going to listen to it more closely yeah. because I want to know if you're coming from a and I think there's something to it. You're absolutely right. It, it, we have to stop negating everything as they, they, they say, whoever right. they are for you as dismissed. You can't do that. That's right. not how you win and argue. I'm not saying that's not how you solve an argument. Well, and when conservatives watch my show and they think, wow, I actually you know, she actually agrees with us on this thing. Then they're like, okay, so somebody who's not just spewing one side all the time. Yeah. And then they're willing to listen to my other points that maybe they don't agree on. And then and they're able to be swayed. And I get those emails every day. People saying, you know, you swayed me on this. You know, I, I didn't think this and now I do think that. And you swayed me on that. And that's, you know, the only way you can actually sway people and make change is if you're willing to reach and understand and, and try to figure out where are you coming from? And maybe I can agree with you on a few things. And let's talk about where we do agree. Where, where can the compromise be made to where change change will come from it? Right. right? Or just perspective. Oh, 100%. Like, let me understand your perspective. Where are you coming mm, from? Yeah. So I can just get it. Yeah, the more knowledge you have coming into an argument, it's it's better for everyone right. to solve. Right. Them with. Yeah. Kim, thank you for sitting with me. Well, thanks for having me Before on. you leave, where yeah. can we find you and all that good stuff? Yeah, so kimiversonshow.com takes you right to my YouTube channel. 
So however you want to spell it, because my last name is spelled S-E-N, but if you spell it O-N, it'll take you there. I bought all the domains <laughs> yeah. just to be sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So KimIversonShow.com. Yep. Then you go to my YouTube page. Yep. Um, and I try to, you know, it's video. So I do try to upload videos, you know, every day or every other day or something like whenever I feel like it. That's yeah. the benefit of being independent. But it's it's regular videos. On no, regular and the videos basis. are very well put together. Thank you. They're very well. I want to I want to hear the next video. I'm like, oh, OK, now I got to see the next one because I got to see if this is a fluke. If, if right. I just if or if I really do like it, you know, so that's yeah. how I found myself. And I'm like, damn, Kim, first of all, you look great. Thank you. I'm like, Kim, first of all, you look, you look, you're looking good. And then second, you're dropping knowledge. And I'm like, yes, yeah. you're good. Like she there's your your opinions are your opinions. Yeah, thank it's you. It's not like, you know, and it's been cool. I was able to in, uh, to interview recently a presidential candidate. I, I actually got to that, sit yeah. down with that's like the channel's growing, blowing up. And yeah. I've got a couple of other presidential candidates on the docket. Yeah. That are wanting to you sit get, down. You get and Bernie in here? Maybe, maybe. There's a there is a bit of an outreach there, so maybe in the in There's the, always a porn star that runs. You gotta get that porn star. Seriously, right? Just to like get the mentality behind yeah. like, what's going on with them politically. But I do have uh, you know, I've got some more of the of the um candidates on the docket potentially for interviews cool. and you know, so that's cool. But yeah. I enjoy it, it's good. I mean I do get a lot of shit. I try to ignore the hate. Yeah. Because I get a lot of it. Yeah, don't read the comments, Kim. I try not to. Because half And of I them can't help it because, you know, I'm an Aries, right? Oh, so I fight for back. sure. Yeah, you I, want you know, to dig oh, in. But and I do. I like, I tell people to fuck off all the time. And then people will say, like, that doesn't sound, somebody must have hacked her account. Because <laughs> I seem so polished. <laughs> I'm so polished in my videos. And you're just dropping Oh, God, yeah, in the comment section. Uh, I'm just telling people to go I can, to hell. I can, I can only imagine half of them are racist and the other half are sexist comments. Like they. You know, actually, I don't get a lot of sexism. I'm really, really fortunate. I don't oh, get, that's good. yeah, I don't, I don't really get any of that. Yeah. Um, what I do get is a lot of people calling me a racist. Mm. So I get that a lot. Yeah. Because if I don't agree with their narrative of yeah. what's wrong. Yeah. Well, that's easy. Racist. You're racist. racist. Boom. Right. You're, yeah. you're discredited. <laughs> you're, right. your, your opinion doesn't or matter. Or I'm called alt-right or I'm called a phony. You know, I only get hate from the left. I don't get any hate from the right. Kim, you don't mean to start, we want to do the alt-middle. Yeah. <laughs> Middle. <laughs> we're just like super into minding our own fucking right. business. Yeah, like we're just middle. super into like minding our own shit, yeah. and we be the we'll just think middle. for ourselves. Like super alt, <laughs> we create that shit. <laughs> Kim, thank you again. Thank you. It was a pleasure, and thank then uh, we got to do this again sometime. Yeah, for sure. So thank you guys for listening. Tell a friend. Download an episode. Spread the word. Uh, help us out. Help us uh, wake the slothful. Peace. <laughs> Wake the fuck up, wake the fuck up, wake the fuck up Everybody wake the fuck up from the city to the burbs Every street, every curb, you can block what you heard That's the cure, wake the fuck up, wake the fuck up, wake the fuck up Wake the fuck up, everybody wake the fuck up From the city to the burbs, every street, every curb You can block what you heard, that's the cure, wake the fuck up